There were some hoots and hollers the first service, but her husband was here. So let's pray. God, thank you for uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit in and through Lori. Thank you for passion for Jesus. Thank you that as she speaks, says in 1 Peter 4, that she speaks, as it were, the very words of God. So I ask the Lord, anoint her lips with those very words and uh, fill her again with the Holy Spirit. And each one of us, Lord, open us to hear, to take in, and to respond to the words given through her this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. There we go. Well, good morning. Wow, was it not great to be worshiping together today? Oh, I'm just so thankful. I'm, um, even just that last song, oh, how much. Wow, how much he really loves us, you know? And I just think that that goes along with the dream Randy gave, God gave Randy, that it's because he loves us so much that he's forming us. Like he wants us to become the best us's that he's created us to be, you know? It's his great love that is behind all that wind and fire, you know? And it goes right along with what I wanted, I felt like God was saying to us today. So isn't that the way God speaks? But I just really want to stop, start there. It be, is because of, oh, how good Father loves us so much that everything he asks us to do is because he wants to shape us and form us into the best us's that we can be. And you'll come to find that when we get formed that way, we look an awful lot like Jesus with our face on it, you know? That's where we're going today. That's what this is all about. So I'm going to start off with a little bit of a fun quiz in which I need your audience participation today, okay? So you're awake, you're ready. All right, so we have four groups of people that I'm going to share with you. And of those four groups, I want you guys to tell me what do they all have in common. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Moses and Joshua is group number one. Group number two, Elijah and Elisha. Group number three, Joe Montana and Steve Young. Some of you are nodding your heads. Yes. Group number four. Billy Graham and Franklin Graham. All right, hands up. Who can tell me what do each of those four groups have in common? Yes. Mentorship. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. Leaders. Absolutely. Every one of them. What else? Yeah. Like a transfer of power from one to the other. Say it again. A passing of a mantle. That's it. That's what we're going to talk about today. And we're just using the word discipleship. But we're not just going to use the word discipleship, you see, because I think discipleship by itself is not the complete thing God wants. I think he wants discipleship relationships. Because you'll notice in each of those passing on, the mantle, the passing of power, the training up, there has to be two There has to be a relationship happening. See, discipleship by itself could just be teaching. Like, I'm just going to teach you the word, and then I'm out of here. Or relationship by itself could just be that we're friends, and we like to get ice cream, which is not bad, either one of them. But when you put teaching and you put relationship together, guess what? This is how God wants to change the world. 
Because we get transformed. And transformed people go out and they transform the world. This was God's plan from the beginning. And if you've been around this vineyard very long, you know that that is the call on our church right now. That God wants us to make disciples who do what? Let's try it again. God wants us here at the vineyard to make disciples who who go on to. Do you hear it? We're changing the world. You see it? This is how it's going to happen. One discipleship relationship at a time. Oh, I get very excited about this stuff. All right, quick question, and we're going to make this part fast. In all of those four groups of people, what did the leader, uh, the older person, have to give to that relationship? Somebody tell me what the leaders had to give. Time? Yes, good. What else? Wisdom. Care. What else? Definitely commitment. Trust. Excellent. Yeah. They gave what they had. Write that one down. They're all right. They're all good. And and how about accessibility? They had to make themselves accessible, didn't they? All right. Here's the next question. What did the disciple or the person being trained have to give to that relationship? Think about it. Say it. Time. Again, uh, there's still time. Time is very important here. Yes. Faith. Good. Honesty. Vulnerability, maybe. What else? Say again. A teachable heart. Oh, my goodness. If we could just write down one thing today, could God just make us all more teachable? That's what I know I need. Wow. You know, the wisest people I know are the ones that say, I need help. Wow, how happy this makes God. Because he's our big helper. Isn't that great? You guys, if we could go to each other and say, I need help in this area. Oh, we could just be transformed overnight. I mean, this is amazing. Just to have the humility to say, I don't have it all figured out. But I want to learn. This is to be like God. To have a transparent, teachable heart. What were you going to say? Accessibility again. You hear it? All right, last question. What is the fruit of each of those relationships? What's the result? Anybody? Duplication? Absolutely. What else? Come on, what's the fruit of those relationships? What happens? Say it. Maturity. Yes. I would uh, suggest in both parties. What else? Godly character is passed down. Yeah. Growth. Yeah, absolutely. The disciple grows, becomes more mature, but so does the one giving away, right? And I would even like to say that there's like success happening when the person learning becomes like in some ways, right? The person that they're being discipled by and in some cases even surpasses, right? Somebody, football fan, tell me, did Steve Young break some of Joe Montana's records? Anybody know? Or he at least became as good as, right? Would we say? Yeah. Okay. So that's where we're going today. It takes all those things, and I'll just give it to you straight. Here's the bottom line. People in this room right now, God is calling us today that if you have any of Jesus in you, you are called to give it away. And you're also called to be in a place where someone is pouring into you. 
I think that is the healthy, balanced Christian life. That's where I try to keep myself at all times. That there's always something or something, someone pouring into me the things of Jesus that make me more like him. And there's someone over here that I'm pouring into at all times. That's the way we're going to change the world. And I want you to see that this is just not Lori's idea. This did actually come from Jesus himself. So let's look at the scriptures today. And Jesus is uh, giving us this command. I want you to hear it for yourselves too, okay? He says, "All, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And that last part is probably the most important part. I want to grow to be like Jesus, but i got to know that he's with me to help me do all of the things we're talking about, in me, becoming one with me. And then he likes to use people to help. Love that. Who also have Jesus in them. Okay, so Jesus gives this call. He's not asking his disciples to do something that he has not already done, right? He's already made disciples, so he's showing them how. Then he gives us two arms of discipleship that I think we need to just hit this morning and at least look at. So these two arms are this. After he told us to go and make disciples, he says, do two things, baptize and teach. Do you see it? First baptize them, then teach them. So for condensing sake today, I'm just going to say that I think baptizing symbolizes the part of discipleship where we go make new disciples because baptism represents new life in Christ. So part of discipleship is that we're going out and we want to tell people about the love of God who don't know about it. We want to invite them into a new life with Christ that they didn't have before. The bit, one of the biggest parts of discipleship is evangelism, right? And welcoming in new people to come home to the God who made them and loves them. That's not the part we're going to talk about this morning. But I want to make sure we don't forget that part, okay? So today we're going to talk about the second part, which is the teaching. And I simply think that is training then someone to live out the new life that they got over here. Okay? So you get the new life, and then Jesus says, then teach them and train them how to walk that out in everyday life. Because we're new people. If Jesus lives in you, we are not like walking like the world. We can live in a whole better, different way. Because he lives in us, and the life in us makes us new. we got to know how to walk it out. That's what the teaching and the training part are about. All right, so then Jesus gives us the example of how to do it. He himself is our example, right? So let's look at the beginning of Jesus' ministry when he calls his disciples. So in Mark 3, it says that Jesus went up on a mountainside, and he called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed 12, designating them apostles, that they might be with him and that he might send them out. So eventually he does. He sends them out to go and what we just read before, right? To go and do the same thing all over again, to go make disciples. But before that, Jesus prayed. The, uh, the other version of this says that he prayed all night long. And the father told him that out of all the disciples that he had, Take note, Jesus had a whole lot more than 12, right? In every town that he went to, he had disciples. Why? Because a disciple is, for for shortness sake today, anyone who follows Jesus. 
Anyone who, uh, the Greek word actually means learner. Anyone who is a learner of Jesus. And, and the way that I like to think of it in a sim- simplified way for my own heart is that if I'm being a disciple of Jesus, I'm becoming more like him. Make sense? Okay, so wherever Jesus taught and preached, he had disciples, right? He had lots and lots of people who followed him, wanted to learn from him, were becoming more like him. But the Father said, I want you to choose 12. Why? Well, because you can't have deep relationships with 72 or 100 or even 30, right? You can only have deep relationship and really share your life where I know you and you know me and we have time to do it with a few. So he chose 12. And then this is my favorite part. To do what? That they might be with him. Ah, that's the best part of all. See, that's what God is calling all of us. His heart is that he just wants us to be with him. Now and forever. But he called, Jesus gave us this example of discipling by calling people to say, I know you've heard this teaching. Now, come on, we're going to go learn how we're going to do this. And I want you to stay with me the whole time. He didn't just say to Peter, Peter, here's the Torah, the law. I'd like for you to brush up on this. And next time I come through town, we'll get together and talk about it. And he didn't say to Nathaniel, hey, you know that teaching I did on the mountainside last night? Um, uh, I want you to try to live that out. And then the next time I'm here, we'll have coffee and, and we'll see how you're doing, right? No, there was not that. It was come be with me, live life with me. We're going to learn how to walk this out. How beautiful is Jesus? How great is his example to us? Mike Green wrote a book called Building a Discipling Culture. And he says that Jesus used three main ways to train his disciples that you and I can also use. And those three ways are this. Teaching, apprenticeship, and immersion. And I think they're pretty self-explanatory, so I'll go briefly through them. Obviously, Jesus taught the crowds, and he taught his 12 disciples who were there. But the 12 got an extra bonus, because then they also got to hear him teach that night over dinner while they were with him. And they probably heard him teach as they were walking along the road to go to the next town. He was always teaching, and they were always learning. They even probably got one-on-one teaching when they didn't understand something, because they had access They'd say, you know that parable you told yesterday? I'm still not understanding that one. Could you help me with it? See, those 12 had special access. He was always teaching. And you and I, as those who are called to disciple others, are called to teach. And this is the, one of the main ways that he wants us to teach. We've got to help each other know God's word. And, and just as a challenge, the first thing that you and I can do before we can make disciples is be a disciple. So the first thing that I can do before I want to help you learn more to be more like Jesus is to keep making sure I'm becoming more like Jesus. And I got to have this thing in me every single day. Why? Because it's a law? No, because I want to hear his voice. This is how one way that he speaks to me. And, And it's amazing how the Holy Spirit will just like, words will just jump off the page. So my challenge to us today here in the vineyard is, yeah, you know, we live in a grace filled culture. I don't have to be in the word every day because God loves me. Which he does. But wouldn't it be great if we just turn it up a notch? How about today we start again and go, you know what? It really is that important. I kind of forgot because I have sometimes. And, and what if we just say, I'm going to listen for him every day. And I'm going to listen for him in worship and prayer and in the word. I'm going to take time to be with him. We, we got the privilege of hearing Ann Graham Lotz on Friday speak. And she's like in her 70s. Uh, this is Billy Graham's daughter. And she was like just 
like the word of God was just like pouring out of her like a river. And I was sitting there going, oh, my gosh. And she confessed to us, I have to make time every day to be with Jesus. But if you and I have decided to follow him above all other things, then that means we have to say no to something else to be with him. But you guys, then later on in the day, he'll just all of a sudden speak that word right back to me. This is where that applies. This is what I meant by that. And it's beautiful. I mean, the challenge is to you and me, let's be in the word more. And let's challenge others to be in the word more. And if you don't have a passion for this word, go find somebody that does and say, would you pray for me? Or would you help me walk through this word? Would you show me how to study it? Would you show me how to meditate or memorize it? Let's take some initiative today. Sister Lori is giving you a challenge. All right. Number two. (laughs) Number two is apprenticeship. That's pretty self-explanatory. He didn't just uh, teach them. He said, now we're going to go do it. And so you learn on-the-job training. That's the best way to learn something, right? If I want to be a plumber, then I don't just read about the plumbing. I go and I say, I need a master plumber to be my apprenticeur. Made up a word. And he's going to show me how to put these pipes together. And he's going to give me a chance to do it, right? And then when I don't do it right, he's going to be, okay, now it, in this case, it means to do it this way. So he helps me as I do. We can only learn to do this thing if somebody's walking alongside us and going, you did that so well. Now, in this area, it it would do better if you tried it this way. Does that make sense? We need people around us. That's what parents do, right? We apprentice our kids the whole time. Here, you walk on your own. Oh, almost. Okay, try again. And that's what God does for us. It's like, do this. All right, you you have freedom to fail because guess what? He loves us and he's not going anywhere. He's so for us. He's so for us. And so he's like, come on, try again. I'm here to help you. And I want to help you through other people. Okay? Apprenticeship. Immersion is simply just that he said, not only am I going to teach you, show you how to do things, I want you to live life with me. I'm going to immerse you in my presence, immerse you in my life, so that you're going to see that not only do I teach things, I actually live it out. Therefore, they found that Jesus was the most authentic, clear glass person in the world. And you and I are called to be in his presence all the time. But one of the ways that you and I can disciple each other is to say, not only do I want to help you learn, I want to help you read it for yourself and and teach you how to do these things like prayer and worship and hearing God's voice and giving and serving. But I also want you just to live life with me so that we see how we do life all the time. What a beautiful way, you know? How great is Jesus to give access? You see, I think that um, Steve Young probably made himself pretty available to, no, Joe Montana made himself very accessible to Steve Young, right? And then they, they probably had fun together, and they probably went and got Cokes afterwards or whatever they got. You know? And so I think that like, living life together is one of the best ways that we absorb, that we receive, that we are, things are modeled for us just in everyday living. They, he invited them to be immersed. And think about how blessed they were. I mean, they got to do all of life with Jesus. They ate their meals together. They traveled together. They knew which ones snored. And they knew which ones told the best jokes. They knew which ones you didn't really want to talk to before 9 o'clock in the morning. Let's just, you know. And they knew everything about each other, right? Because if you're going to be immersed in life with each other, there's nothing hidden And only then does true transformation take place. See, Jesus knew a whole lot about what he was doing. See, they're living life with each other. So there was was none of this, I'll I'll just, you know, be this way one one day and be this way another day. No, they were with day after day, right? 
They knew everything about each other. They knew each other so well that when, like, Peter came in the room and he's stomping up and down, they just look at each other, they look at Peter and they go, you did it again, didn't you? Right? They knew him so well. Then they loved him and then they prayed for him and they helped him. I'll bet you they knew each other so well that, like, let's say Bartholomew came in the room and, and he had that look on his face and they took one look at him and they said, okay, we're going to talk about that today. You know, they just knew. Let me ask you, church, is there anyone in your life that knows you that well? If so, praise God for it. If not, maybe we are to be, as Randy's dream said, maybe a little bit more transparent. Do you have people that know you that well? See, I think this is where the humility piece comes in that we talked about at the beginning, is to go to someone and say, I need you to know me because I, I, we're not all of us incredibly self-aware. Yeah? And here's hope for those of you who are sitting there thinking, I don't think I have anybody like that. We're going to pray that that happens. We're going to pray that this is what God wants for us. It's the way he's designed us to live. And so we're going to help you try to make that happen. And we're going to ask God to help you do that, to take steps. This is the way we're to live life so that we, are, we know and we are being known. And, and then there's nothing hidden. Let me give you an example. So let's say that James and John, they were brothers, I believe, part of the disciples. And let's say they're into a really pretty bad fight, okay? But they don't want the rest of the guys to know it because that wouldn't be very holy, you know, in front of Jesus. Okay, so, so they go over here. Come on, let's go over here. So they go over into the woods and they're having it out. Like, James, you are so aggravating. I'm so angry with you. And James is over here going, John, you are so prideful. You think you know everything. And they're just going at each other. Ugly, ugly, ugly. Back and forth, back and forth because they're free to do it right now. And then they turn around and all of a sudden, look who's standing behind them. What happens in that moment? You see, I think because the light just showed up, everything is exposed. Not just what they were saying, but why they were saying it. And all of a sudden, true repentance happens because all of a sudden your heart goes, oh, this is who I was supposed to be like. And oh, this is what I'm being. And oh, I don't want to do that. And so true repentance happens when we, are, we realize and we turn from that which we were pursuing and, or being, and we turn and we go, I'm so sorry, James. Would you please forgive me? And James says, I, John, you, I was the prideful one. Would you please forgive me? And true, beautiful repentance happens always in the presence of the light. And see, here's the exciting thing. I know this doesn't sound exciting, but it really is. Because I think one of the greatest things we can do when we disciple each other is to stand in that place, to be like a mirror, who is always revealing the truth about Jesus and the truth of who we are. And the truth about Jesus that says, guess what? This is who you're supposed to be. Did you? I, I know you. you. You are created in the image of God. And because Jesus is in you, Jesus is in the process of transforming you into his image so that your image looks like Jesus' image and it lines up perfectly. So therefore, one of my jobs as a discipler or someone who is around you a lot is to just simply say, hey, did you know that you said that three times? Did, did you know that when that person comes in the room, you act like this? And you're like, no, I don't. And you're, yeah, kind of do. And so like, you're like a mirror to help them see how they're being different from the image that they're created to be like. So that what? So that they can repent and they can be cleansed and then they are freed up to become the person that God created them to be. See, this is what the Father is after, to free us up, 
in love to be who God called us to be because anything that hinders us is hindering us. Any sin in our lives is keeping us from being like the one that we're created to be like. And Jesus taught us this too through James. And James tells us, no, through John. In 1 John chapter 1, he says this. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we then have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus can purify us from all sin. You see, walking with each other keeps us walking in the light. Some of us would much rather be the Lone Ranger out here because you can pretty much live however you want in the dark, do whatever, nobody's going to ever know, be as nasty as you need to be. It doesn't matter. No, you're just out here. But I thought the Lord made me laugh this week when he said, yeah, but Lord, even, even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. You know, we all need each other. It's part of life. We were designed not to do this thing by ourselves. This is where we are set free, walking in the light as he is in the light, nothing hidden from each other. Do you have people in your life like that? And my hope is that your marriage, if you're married, is like that. But women, I think we need each other. And men, I'm going to challenge you today too. I think even guys need other guys in their life that know them like that. And humility goes and asks for it. All right. How can we know if we are doing what Jesus asked us to do? How can we know that our time invested in people is actually making disciples? How can we know if it's successful? And how can we know that we are actually being transformed to be his disciple? Like, how can we do a checkup on ourselves? This is so great. I feel like the Lord just made this very clear to me this week. And it's right here when Jesus said in John 8, if you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Like, well, that's simple and straightforward. I like this. If you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. And then check this out. Then you will know the truth about who you're supposed to be and who you really are. And that truth will set you free. Isn't that beautiful? See, if we, if we really are becoming his disciples, we're going to be looking more and more like him because we're going to be holding to his teachings. And so one of the things we can do for each other is to encourage each other. I know who you are, and I believe in you. I'm not sure why you're doing this over here, but you're not that. This is who you are, and I'm with you. I'm for you, and we're going to get you. We're going to get you there you know, because we want to hold the truth up, and it's going to set us free. So that's one way we can tell. Are the people that we're working with, are they becoming more like Jesus? Are they actually living out and walking, not maybe perfectly, but more and more and more? Okay. Second way we can know if we're being successful and if we're becoming disciples and making disciples is this. He said, John, Jesus told them in John 13, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this will all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love. One to another. That's the way I memorized it when I was little. If you love one another. See, there it is. So we can tell. Is it easy? No. But this is what we're looking for. We can tell if we're growing in our discipleship, becoming more like Jesus, if we're loving well. And we can tell if we're pouring into people that we are hoping to become more like Jesus, are they loving well? Are they growing in loving others well? Now, love is a great big word. How about we break it down just a little bit? What does that look like? Well, Jesus told them in John 15, 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. 
So now we're starting to define it a little bit. In the same way that Father God loved his son, that's the way that Jesus loves his disciples. You guys, Jesus loved his disciples so much. But he wanted it for them so badly. He was just not the rabbi, and you're my students, get it right. No, no, no. He gave his whole life that they might know who they were created to be. If you read John 13 through 17, he's like, Father, I'm just praying that they would know how much I love them, that the love that you have for me would be in them. Father, I pray you'd protect them in the world when I have to leave. Father, I pray that they could be with me so they can see my glory. Jesus loved his disciples so much that he laid down his very life that they could become whom he's created them to be. And that's the way you and I are called to love each other, to lay down our lives for each other, to serve, to forgive. See, this is what the world is hungry for. And because this kind of love is so rare these days, like I think the culture at large, we really have kind of forgotten how to love each other. Anybody turn the TV on in the last couple of months? It's like we've forgotten how. And, and let's be honest, the, the breakdown of the family, and, and this is not judgment because we all have breakdown in our families, but all of that, we've kind of just like sort of lost how, what does it look like to really love? You know, is it, it, and, and when we begin to learn it from Jesus, and then we love each other that way, the world goes, oh, like it's what they're hungry for. It's what they're dying for. See, to love, you know, it's like to forgive. And and I'll tell you, I think I've spent the most time in the 30 years that I've been mentoring people, I think I spend more time on this than anything else. Yes, I want to teach him to love his word and to listen in prayer and to worship, but I think we spend more time on how do we love better. Because this is the number one command. See, we teach how how do I forgive? How, How do I not take offense when that really hurt? How... Do I have healthy relationships? Right? Wow, the world is hungry for it. You guys, we could go out there and change the world. Just loving people the way he loved us. Learning to serve. Learning to forgive. Learning to have conflicts and work through them. We could change the world. Because they're hungry for it. Aren't we all? Jesus, teach us to love each other, and let's help each other love one another better. All right. Um, I, I need to tell a couple stories because I think the Holy Spirit clearly said that to me this week, that sometimes we're inspired by some stories. So, um, I've been, uh, like I said, I've been mentoring people for a long time, mentoring, discipling. They're all interchangeable to me. Um, and so... Uh, did a bunch of it uh, when I was when we were first married. I was with Campus Life, mentored kids, m- mentored other women. But the most exciting discipleship relationship that Steve and I have ever had was when we had kids. And one day, all of a sudden, poof, there was a baby in my arms, looking up at me like, "Teach me everything." I'm just like, "Oh my gosh, where do we start?" You know? And it was like the most amazing moment of our lives. Like, where did this come from? What is happening here? It's like the most monumental moment. It's kind of like one of those, you feel like there should be orchestras playing or something. It's like, this is a moment. Like, what do I say? So all of a sudden, out from the inner, my innermost parts came the most profound thing I could think of. Jesus loves you, Clay. That's all I could think of. And I remember I did the same thing when I held little John for the first time. John, Jesus loves you.
loves you. I'm like, well, it's a good place to start, you know. And I really feel like discipleship happened right there. And we began. And it started. And then from there on, you know, we, we, we wanted to teach them the word. So we, we, we read the word every day. We did Bible studies every night, Bible stories every night. We prayed with them every night. We, we worshiped. We marched around the room and we sang, King Jesus. And we, I, honestly, I, I didn't do it all right. I'm still not. And in fact, I made a lot of mistakes as a mom. And there's a lot of things that I would do differently. But by the grace of God... Parents, he comes through, doesn't he? <laughs> and I think I was really good at teaching them repentance. I was, I was really strong in that one. And I would say, oh, you guys, I'm sorry. That's not the way that I'm supposed to be. Jesus wants me to be like this. Would you forgive me for speaking to you that way? You know, he forgives me. Would you forgive me? And so they learned at a very young age how to say I'm sorry because mom was modeling it really well. So if nothing else, I hope that they've learned that one. It's kind of weird because they're both in the room right now. And now I'm kind of un- <clears throat> not really used to that all the time. <clears throat> and um, sometimes you don't know if it's working or not. You know, it's like you've got to do some correction. And, but this is where it comes into play, you guys. It's like I don't want to just correct for the sake of make me feel better and stop doing that. I want to correct for the sake of, wait, that's not who you are, Clay. That's not who you are, Clay. <laughs> God made you like this. See, and, I, and so we don't want to do that. We want you to be like Jesus. You, this is who you are. I believe in you. You can do it. And so we correct for the, for the purpose of training. That's what discipline is, to make disciples. They're connected. And, and, and you never know, like, if it's really working or not, right? So the other day I was kind of not happy with my 21-year-old and... John um, came in a little bit later than I'd hoped that he would. Not that I have any say since he's 21, but the next morning I gave him the whole mom speech. I don't know if you've ever done this. <clears throat> I can't believe you come in so late when you know you have to get up so early. What were you thinking? Of course, you know. So he's just real, you know, he's like his father, not as a man of few words. I find out later that the reason he was out so late is because there was a friend in need, and he needed to be there to listen and to help, maybe to drive home. But mom, of course, didn't ask the right questions first. She just jumped on it. And a lot of times your kids are being more like Jesus, like you'd hope that they'd be, and you're out there, you know, give them a hard time for it, you know. A couple of weeks ago we went down to the, the Greenwood Vineyard, and Clay is the worship pastor there now, and he has a week off, so that's why he and Bailey are joining us today, which is awesome. And But we went down to where he was leading worship, and he led a song, and then before the second song he just started speaking, and he said, the earth is the Lord's. And and everything in it, the sea and all who dwell in it. For he founded it upon the waters. He established it upon the seas. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? And who can stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. He will receive blessing and vindication from God, his Savior. And all of a sudden, whew, what, the same thing just happened as I was sitting there. And I'm just, I'm just like bawling my eyes out because all of a sudden I'm not seeing a 24-year-old man. I am seeing the fa- 
face of an eight-year-old little boy. And he's standing next to his six-year-old little brother. And they are reciting for us the 24th Psalm. The earth is the Lord's and everything. Stop it, John. The earth is the Lord's and every. <laughs> and I thought, oh, we memorized that song. Is it possible that some of these things we do as parents, they, they actually stick? Some of these things we do as disciples, they actually stick? Parents, if you have kids, can I just call you today to say it's the most important discipleship relationship you'll ever, ever have. And it yields the most fruit and the most joy. Sometimes the most frustrations, but the most joy. And it's God's call to all of us. And if you don't have kids, I'll bet you there's a niece or a nephew. I'll bet you there's uh, some grandkids. There's, there's something, there's some little one that you could pour into. Because you know what, parents? It goes really, really fast. And you've just got a window where they really want to hear what you have to say. Because one minute, they're really little. And then all of a sudden, they're standing next to each other getting married. And you go, what? Where, what? I, what? I don't know. Seize the moment, parents. Seize the season. Say no to a few other things so we can do this. And there'll be time for other stuff. It's worth it even when you don't do it all right. Okay, so what happens then as they grow, and this is an example for all of us in my story as it continues, and that is that as they got older, I needed, Steve and I both needed other people to come in and speak in their lives, right? Because then they get so they're not really very interested in what you have to say at all. And so how great that a Brian Beeson came into Clay's life and began to speak into his life in Benjes. And how great that a Jordan McGay spoke into Johnny's life and began to mentor him over at Horizon Christian because that's where he was going to school. How great that we have other voices and people who will come along and say, I'll spend time with you. I see something in you. I believe in you. I see something. In fact, I have something to impart that your parents didn't. Maybe I could even help. You know? And so you then, how great is that? I'm, we're so thankful for it. And then in this church, I got to be greatly privileged to actually be one of those other voices in some kids that were here. So 13 years ago, I'm sitting in this little office area, and there were these three junior high girls. <laughs> and they were, they were, I think, in seventh, seventh grade. And so they were sitting in the room, and one of them was crying, and the other two were coming around. And they said, Miss Lori, I'm like, yeah, could you help us? Because seventh graders, they just whine when they talk. <laughs> no, no offense to seventh graders, but they do. Miss Lori, I'm like, what can I do? You know? And so I just listened. And she, this, she said this, and then, and then they did this. It's just not fair. We don't know what to do. And she cries some more because seventh grade to cry a lot and then the other two came around you know hugging on them and everything and i'm like well all right let's how about we just pray about it you know and you know it reminds me of what god says in his word god said you know this this and this and so maybe if we did this that would help and they all threw it oh, that's so good that's, that's really good i'm like yeah okay all right yeah and then the other one says that reminds me of that that other scripture it said it's kind of the same thing and i'm like yes and so we looked that up and it spoke to it again they're like oh and the third one said oh it's almost like god is talking to us i'm like yes yes he is and i'm like what is happening in the room and they're like this has been so great could we do it again next week and i'm like twist my arm yeah you mean you want to read the bible and talk about how it applies to your life absolutely i'm there sign me up 
So we did it the next week. And then it, that went pretty well. So then we did it the next week. And we haven't stopped. And that was 13 years ago. Now, they've gone to college, but they keep coming back, and then they get, you know, all that stuff. But so, so here's, here's the deal. It has been an amazing journey to be able to be a part of some other kids' lives and be that other voice. And we began to just do life as, and we didn't even realize it, but kind of the way Jesus said. So first of all, we taught. We studied the Word of God. We did little Bible studies, Okay. And then we began to keep teaching. As we got older, you have to kind of alter. When you walk alongside someone in discipleship, you say, where are they? What do they need? What can we study that would be applicable, right? Second, then I began to apprentice them a little bit. And I'd say, okay, I'm going to speak at this other women's conference at this other church. Will you guys want to go? Sure. You know, because so we got and we went. And then the next time we went, I'm like, you know what? I'm noticing that you guys are, they have a little bit of gift of music. I don't know. So how about instead of Miss Lori leading children's worship, I put you up on the stage and you start doing it. So we put Nancy up there. She was still learning to sing and play at the same time at that point, you know. And so, and, and we were like, sing a little bit louder so we can hear you, right? Okay, Erin, stand up there with her so she'll sing louder, right? Is this not true? Yeah. And Sarah, you have a great voice. You stand right up there. And Clay, you can play drums. And let's get Kara McGill. She can sing too. Let's get her up there. And so all of a sudden, we had these youth leading our children in worship. And it was like, okay, this is awesome. And then we did this, we did this program called Kid Stuff where we would, the, the junior high kids, and, and I would help lead them, we'd teach the kids choreography how to worship God with your bodies as well as what you're singing, right? And we'd sing, say, what would we say? Sing it to God and not just about God, right? And so then they would, they would follow us. And I, what I, the reason I chose these two pictures is I thought it's such a good physical representation of what was going on spiritually. Because here I was trying to lead, and if you look, this is Nancy in the red on the left and then Sarah in the white T-shirt, and they're just following me, whatever I was doing. Now, this can be a scary place for a disciple or a discipler because Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So i got to watch my example. I tell you, being with these girls has sharpened me like no other because they're on me. They're watching. And so are my kids. They, my kids know me, you know, at 8 a.m. in the morning, you know. But it sharpens you when you're willing to say, okay, I'll give you what I got. And you're, and you're going to get the other stuff too. So it gives me an opportunity to say, you know what, uh, people I'm discipling, I didn't do this right. And I need you to know that. I yelled at my husband on the way over here, and I had to ask his forgiveness. I need, I need you to know that. And so you share not only your strengths, but your weaknesses and how you're working through it with God, right? See, being a discipler doesn't mean that you have it all right. It means that you're willing to share the good and the bad and the ugly and how Jesus is supreme in it all. So we apprenticed. And then it was like, okay, next time we go to a conference I'm speaking at, I want you to lead worship. And then it's like, okay, now I'm leading a Bible study. Nancy, give your testimony, and I want you to write some curriculum that's going in this thing. And we're just stepping them up, stepping them up. Because I tell you, kids are amazing, and they can do crazy good things, can't they? Let's get them going early. How many of you have some extra time? You could say to Jacob and Stephanie, hey, I'll mentor some young kids. I'll just spend time with them. I'll just be a consistent voice in their week, in their, in their life, week after week. That's what we need in this life is just consistency. Just, just a love that is truthful. Just a love that is faithful. Just a love that shows up and knows you and cares about you and is going to stick with you whether you get it right or not. See, sometimes, like, they get really mad at each other, and then we'd have conflict. And, and so usually it was Nancy and Aaron and Sarah was the peacemaker, but what, that's, you know, beside the point. So 
So we had to like say, okay, let's pray. Let's just pray about this first. All right, now, let's go back now. All right, so what do you think here? All right. Some, and we'd have to learn how to work through conflict, you know. Sometimes one of them would actually head down a road. I know this is hard to believe with three angels, but some of, sometimes they'd be heading down this road of like, hmm, where is that going exactly? What, what kind of choices might that look? What was, so the other three of us would be over here going, let's pray. Let's just pray. Let's, let's just pray. So we pray about some things, right? And let's go back. And then as the person trying to disciple, I'd say, so tell me about this. See, I think that asking questions is number one before I start telling what I think. And then number two, asking questions is number two. <laughs> and then number three is listening. And then number four is back to prayer before I tell what I think. Here's the cool thing. We would pray and say, it's time to confront. It's time to say we're concerned. It's time. And these girls are so good at this. Like they hold each other. Like they're do, they do it better than some of the adults I know. So we would pray. And then we're like, all right, we're ready for the talk. The talk. We're going we're gonna to tell, tell her what we think. We're going to tell her we're concerned. So we come over here. She comes into the room. And she says, oh, you guys, you wouldn't believe what God showed me this week. She's like, I can't even believe I was doing that. That's so ridiculous, you know. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit had gone before us and done the convicting. And all we were trying to do was just be here, love. If we need to say something, we're going to. But oh, prayer does amazing things. And only the Holy Spirit can convict. We can just remind them who Jesus is and who they are. All right. So many more things that have just been blessing to me. Um, we learned then just to immerse. Just do life together. Do a lot of life together. And then we start, because then they start going to colleges and things. So then we just hop in the Yukon and we... We were like, let's go see Erin for lunch. Okay, she lives in Nashville, Tennessee. We can do it. We'll get up early. All right, so we're going to lunch in Nashville, Tennessee, right? And, uh, and I'll tell you, we had some of the best Holy Spirit Bible studies in the Yukon. And Nancy whips out Romans 8. Let's read Romans 8. Have you read it in the message lately? Okay, let's read it in the message. You know, and we're just driving down the road, and the glory cloud's filling the place, and I can't even see the road because I'm like, crying, you know? It's like, and just sharing life with each other, you know? We're sitting around lunch, and we're laughing, and we're joking, and somebody pulls out their journal. Look what God showed me this week. We're just doing life, and it's, but it's all about Jesus because all of life is about Jesus, and that's what immersion is all about. So we go to St. Louis, and we see Sarah, and I run up to Anderson, have lunch with Nance when she's up there. It's like consistency. Then they graduate from high school. Then they graduate from college. And then we start talking about boys. Oh, boy, we better get back to the sex talk. And we better get back to purity. And we better study the word a little bit more. Because then they end up getting married. And we'll forgive them later for all doing it in the same year and a half period. (laughs) And Clay and Bailey. We'll forgive them later. And then they bring these men into our lives. And then one of our passions, Steve and I absolutely love discipling other couples. So we've been doing that for over 20 years, another thing that we do. And so now they're bringing these men into our lives. And we get to disciple not only them, but together we get to disciple them and their spouse. And so we walk alongside couples for about a year. And now we look at what the Word has to say about marriage. And now it gets really exciting because now not only are we making disciples who are going to make disciples, we're making foundational families who are going to have kids who are going to be filled with the holy spirit and they're going to have more kids and they're physically they're going to wow we're going to change the world we're going to multiply so exciting these girls are a great blessing in my life but the reason i wanted to share the story with you today is where can we start who can you start with just start just ask somebody to go to coffee let's go get some ice cream 
I have something to give away. Or maybe you're somebody that knows you need somebody to help you. I just really don't have any interest in reading this word. Could you help me get excited about it? How do I even study it? That's okay. Let's start being transparent about where we are. And let's ask. And maybe you want to take a couple friends with you. Because I found that when you do it with other friends, it's more fun. My question for you guys today is, what is God saying to you? If we are called to make disciples and be discipled, continue to grow, to be like Jesus, in which of these categories are you in? If you know that God is calling you, that it's time for you to step up a little bit this year and to say, I'm going to disciple somebody. I'm going to just start pouring in. I'm going to at least talk to some people whom I can get to know and see if there's a connection. Sometimes you'll disciple somebody for six months, somebody for a couple years. Rarely, but sometimes they last a lifetime, right? So if you know that God has called you right now, you can feel that stirring. I have some things to give away. And I want to say something before we do that. And that is you are not disqualified in case somebody is having that thought right now. Oh, you don't know my past, what I've been through, some of the decisions I made. Listen, not only do those things not qualify, disqualify you, if you're in Jesus, those things will actually make you a stronger discipler because you have been through, you have seen the grace of God, and you have, you have lived through some stuff that will help somebody else. You are not disqualified. Well, I don't know very much about the Bible. Well, then you get with somebody who can help you, and then you can help them. That's the way we do it around here, Right? Nobody's disqualified. If you know you have something to give and you know that God's calling you right now, I'm going to invite you to stand up. We're just going to do some bold stuff. I'm not going to like assign you anybody. I'm just saying we're going to pray for you. If you know God is calling you to step up a little bit, it's time for you to give away a little bit. It's time to be intentional. See, these things don't happen by accident. There's, there's some intentionality that has to happen, right? So bless you guys. You know the Lord is just stirring in your heart. So um, everybody else, just kind of like lay a hand on them. Let's come around them, and we're going to pray. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And we're just going to pray right now. Father, we thank you for these ones who have hearts that right now are just so full of your love that they're just like exploding, and they want to give it away. Thank you that they've caught the vision. And right now, I just impart a discipler's heart to these ones who know that they have something to give away. Right now, I just impart... Father, a passion for your word, for you, Jesus, that they would see others become like you and, and come into the fullness of who they're created to be. Right now, Lord, I just impart a patience and a grace and an intentionality that's going to follow through and say, this is going to be great. I'm going to be part of this changing the world thing. And right now, Holy Spirit, we just ask you, would you drop names and faces into their spirits right now of who, who maybe that's supposed to be? And it might be not just one person. It might be three or four that you'll just want to check it out. Is it time right now? Be listening right now. Names and faces. Holy Spirit, be speaking and showing them who some of these people could be potentially. And right now, Lord, I just pray for joy and expectancy and an excitement to know that they are prepared with you, Holy Spirit, in them to give away. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, good job, guys. You may be seated. All right, now I'm going to ask for another level of boldness. And if you know right now that you want somebody in your life to help walk with, alongside of you wherever you are in this journey, because we're all on the same road of becoming like Jesus. If you know right now that you need another voice or, or uh, in your life to walk alongside you and you are willing to give permission for someone to speak into your life and say, teach me, I want to learn. And humble enough to do it. I'm just going to invite you to stand. You know the Lord's stirring you. But that's something that you want in your life right now.
You want more of. You want more of something. There we go. Yeah, don't we all need it? I do. I still meet with a group of five women, and they still hold me accountable. We've been doing it for over 16 years. They know my stuff, and I know theirs, and they hold me accountable. You bet. Yeah. Yep. You know what? There's a special blessing for y'all, because... There's a humility that is just resting on you right now, even as you obey the Lord's stirring in your heart. There's just an extra blessing. And just, it just makes the Father so proud to go, yes, you know your need of me. And he just blesses it right now. So it come around these ones that are standing. Lay your hands on them. And we're just going to pray for you. Father, bless right now their humility and their courage. Now we need a hand right here. There we go. Good job. Just bless them right now with, with just even a joy that they are hearing you, they're feeling your stirring, that they know they want more, and they are willing to say, yes, I want help getting it. Thank you, God, for humble hearts. Bless them even right now to say, I want to grow in my marriage. I want to grow in knowing the word. I want to, I want to grow to be more like Jesus. Wow, Holy Spirit, just bless them right now. Thank you even. I just see that his smile upon each of you standing. And, Lord, I just pray for hope now to rise up that if it doesn't happen today or tomorrow, it's going to come soon. And the Lord is going to hook you up with somebody that you are going to be able to go to them and ask, or they're just going to approach you either way because God intended us to live life together. And so even now, Lord, would you just, Holy Spirit, drop names or faces into their spirits that would be possible people that they could even talk to, even right now, just possibilities that they could just say, could we just grab coffee? I just would like to get to know you better and see. Is it a connection? Is it a fit? Even now, Lord, you're speaking to some people and you're dropping names in their hearts. And we thank you, God, for all you're going to do. We just pray, Lord, for the, the, the grace to follow through. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Now, in, when you, if you came in, I hope you all got a sheet with your bulletin. Did you all get one of these with your bulletin? If you did not, uh, we'll see if we can get some more in the back. But there's a place if not on here, somewhere, where you can write down what you just heard the Lord say. Okay? And, 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 let's, and writing it down helps me follow through sometimes. So, so stick with it. Make some phone calls. Go talk to somebody. Hey, could, I, could we just sit down and chat? I just would like to get to know you better. And see if it's a fit. Sometimes it's not. And I want to hear, you, hear me say, that's yes, okay. Sometimes it is. And it's great. Okay? But we need each other in the kingdom. All right. I bless you guys. If you have kids, you probably need to go get them this morning. Uh, and if not, uh, let's all just stand and we'll just, uh, we'll just bless you as you go. Father, we thank you for this group and this family here. And we say, Lord, we want to be more like you, Jesus. We want to not only act like love, we want to become love that goes out and changes the world. We don't want to just do righteous acts. We want to become the righteousness of God in Christ. That's what you have made us to be. So, Lord, let us be peace. Let us be justice. Let us be on the inside righteousness and kindness and love. And help us, Lord, to go out from this place into our workplaces, into the schools, into the government and the community around us, and be the light of the world that shows people who Jesus is and how great is the love that he's lavished upon us. Father, I bless my brothers and sisters today. In your name, help us go change the world. In Jesus' name. If you would like prayer, there will be a few people up here. Uh, any physical healing in your body, anything you're wrestling with, or if you just want prayer for some of the things we talked about today, there'll be a few people up here to pray. So prayer team, if you have some extra minutes and you want to stand with me, that'd be great.